This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at super vegan brian at nerdcaster mike at Kersey smurf erica and of course at nerdcast radio thanks for listening everyone enjoy the show welcome to Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey. Along with me is Super Vegan Brian. Hello, nurse. And one of our very special returning guests, he's pretty much going to be a special guest host with us now, Game to veteran game designer, Mike Myler. Hello, nurse! I was really hoping you were going to say good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> oh, you want to do it again? I could totally do Good Morning Vietnam. Why don't you just do Good Morning Vietnam now and we'll just leave the whole thing in? All right. It's beautiful. Give him the intro again. And as pretty much one of our special guest hosts now, veteran game designer Mike Myler. Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> I like oh, this. wow. That was really good. Wow, that, that was like a Robin Williams impression. I was trying to do <laughs> He was summoning him. It, it worked. Oh, so it, yes, so we have Mike Miley here with us today, and today we're going to be talking about VR systems, the uh, playing on it, the, the reactions to it, the loving of it. It's wonderful. It's going to be great. But before that, I want to sit here and say, so Mike, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm phenomenally tired because it's a super hard work week, but uh, otherwise good. No, that's good. At least it's a good work. At least it's you're doing good. Hard work weeks are tough, but that's good. Last night. Mike messaged me and he was like, just to make sure we're recording in like eight and a half hours from now. Right. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, excellent. So I imagine <laughs> that you had to do eight and a half hours of work. <laughs> uh, I, I worked up until four hours after that. Oh, Mike is working on his seventh Kickstarter right now. It you is are impressive. Awesome. Good, sir. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's uh, there's a guy I really like who I, I, uh, I used to work at a I was a landscaping foreman for a while. And in the basement of the shop was the owner of the company's dad. And he and this guy's in Ken Abbott. He's a fantastic. Guy. Uh, if you are a Pittsburgh auto shop, you know who Ken Abbott is because he has probably sold you a weird specialty part because he's been driving around the tri-state area doing that for like 50 years. And uh, he he had a lot of great sayings. He's, he still has him. He's alive. He's and one of them was, uh, you know, you can work for yourself and it's great. You know, you just pick, get to work whenever you want. You just pick any 100 hours out of the week and there you go. And uh, <laughs> he's absolutely <laughs> fucking right. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good, good dude. Oh, that's great. Man. A seventh Kickstarter. Oof. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who wants to check it out, it's called uh, Imperial Matchmaker. And there are nine free PDFs. Uh, you can download for it. Eight of them illustrated by Claudio Poses, who does work for Wizards of the Coast and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. So it's 
killer illustrations. And, is this uh, one in your Mists of Akuma setting? It is. It is. It's set in an Eastern fantasy noir steampunk uh, campaign setting. Although, uh, I'll point out the Sober and Primer PDF has some guidelines for how to strip the steampunk out if you just want to have uh, a more traditional experience. Uh, Mike, Michael and I were just at a steampunk convention last week. We recorded a live episode. Yeah, we did. So it's, it's, well, it's, it's weird because like the steampunk was brought by the foreigners and the foreigners kind of disappeared sort of on the other side of the edge of the world a little while ago. And there there's still some like other ancestor or their descendants like around. But all the technology they brought is feared because the Mists of Akuma can change things into Tsukumogami, which are uh, like like mimics, like animated monsters that have a disposition depending on how well they're treated. And typically war weapons got treated poorly. So everyone's afraid of technology. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a heresy treatment that you get in Warhammer 40k. That sounds oh, cool. Wow. That yeah. Sounds like fun. It is so so cool. we're talking about VR this morning. But first... But first, we're going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, where your hosts sit down and discuss the nerdiest things we did this week, and then we, at the end, we use Mike Myler's patented widget system to vote to see who wins. Isn't that right, Brian? That would be correct. And since Mike is our guest host this morning, you get to go first. Okay, so Mike, what's nerdy with you? Uh, the nerdiest thing I did was make sure all the VR stuff was downloaded and played through a bunch of extra VR games very, very, very late last night. Because we had this going on today. Like, I, I try to squeeze in maybe 20, 30 minutes a day of VR, uh, but I don't always have time. And, uh, yeah, so I just made a point last night. I was like, okay, Mike, you have to go do and check out this stuff because, like, you need to be able to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I hung around in my room, in, in the one room for all of, all told, maybe three hours this week playing uh, VR. That is awesome. That sounds fantastic. I I I have my own feelings about VR, and we'll talk about those soon. Um, my nerdy thing this week. Yeah, Brian, what's nerdy with you? Um, so we we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but Pathfinder Second Edition was just announced, mm. like just like last week, couple, I think. Yeah, yeah and a week before. Ten so days. because of that, I got introduced to the Glass Cannon podcast. I'd never heard of them before. Um, they're a live play Pathfinder podcast. They've been playing Giant Slayer um, from the beginning, and I I listened to their they they did the only play the only public playtest of Pathfinder Second Edition. So I listened to that, and I was like, these guys are pretty fun to listen to. I'm going to check them out from the beginning. So all this week, I've been at work while working, listening to the Glass Cannon podcast playing Giant Slayer. And the nerdy part of that, if that wasn't nerdy enough, is I found out how much of a rules lawyer I am because this is the first time I've ever vocally yelled at a podcast. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not how it works over and over again. His boss and is getting a little freaked out. Later it's in GM the week, discretion if it's not PFS, man. I know. I know. It's a home game. And I keep telling myself that, but they're just they're just game breaking mistakes. <laughs> And I was I I was listening to them and I just yesterday on the I'm I'm like two years back on their episode I'm listening from episode one um, oh. they announced that they know that they make rules mistakes and they started a new Tumblr series for on their Tumblr called We Are Stupid and sharing all the things they made mistakes on so last night I read through all the ones for all the episodes I, I watched and it made me feel better it was cathartic. 
Yeah, there's some <laughs> stuff you got to sacrifice for you doing like a live play to keep things moving and, and going along. And one of those things is accuracy because stopping every 20 minutes to check the book uh, kind of ruins the flow for folks watching, you know. Well, what were some of the ones that had you screaming? Um, the um, no perception check to notice a um, to notice a uh, gelatinous cube. None whatsoever. I Those was are like, almost completely translucent. You would need to do a perception check in order not to yeah, walk into it. Yeah, just like, you walked into their square. You're engulfed now. No no perception check at all. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Um, the one that really got me, and they actually didn't mention this on the We Are Stupid Tumblr, was they fought a, they fought a flood troll, and the GM even read the step because he had um, one of the guys is playing a ranger and says, is it a giant? And he goes, well, it says medium humanoid subclass giant. And he goes, okay, well then the GM started talking about how it's a large creature with reach. And I'm like, you just read that it was medium. Why are you playing it as large? Do you just think it's large because it has a giant subtype? That's not how it works. <laughs> that's pretty boneheaded. Oh, that's what I see all the time in games where someone will just put a large mini down and then like halfway through the combat go, oh, this thing wasn't supposed to have reach. Oh, brother. But yeah, we'll, it, we'll see because Pathfinder 2E, they were changing opportunity attacks. So it needs to be like an earned ability. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and um, so you can actually uh, since some monsters won't have reactions, um, it's a little. It makes knowledge is a lot more important. The other thing I like is knowledges aren't free actions anymore. You actually have to take an action to recall knowledge. I actually like that. Oh wow! Really? Huh. I thought generally recollection of information was a standard action. DC fifteen. Oh no! I, I, no! 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 You're right. It's free action if you're just looking at stuff. Yeah. 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 You huh. can take an action to recall knowledge, but. Um, if you generally if you take when you an action, doesn't monster. it drop the DC? No, I don't. I don't think so. No, no. I think but taking I think the action like is like house rules. specifically recalling information. So, like, unless your character has eidetic memory or some ability like it, then you have to make checks to be like, oh, do I remember if it was a left that we took in that dungeon three years ago? You know. Yeah, it's sort of like um, if it's you're not, not a knowledge check, it's an intelligence. Check. It's a tax for if you're not a really great note taker. Yeah, well, that's funny because in the new in the new campaign for Critical Role, uh, Liam O'Brien's character Caleb Widogast, he's a wizard and he gave him keen memory, so he he has basically eidetic memory, and so he tells he told the gym he's he told Matt Smith uh, Matt. Matt Smith, Matt Mercer. He's like, I have terrible memory, but Caleb has amazing memory. So, uh, what he 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 remembers this, right? And he's like, looking at him, like, come on. And Matt's like, yeah, it's this. But at the same time, please keep taking notes. <laughs> Mike, what was your what was nerdy with you this week? I mean, Michael, I went, Mike, Michael, Michael. I went to a steampunk convention, co-hosted a podcast with a bunch of really cool dudes, and I met a, a steampunk magician who used science. Oh, That's you awesome. used the cheap cop out. What's nerdy with you of using the podcast? I approve. <laughs> Had to do it this week because that that the the convention was so much fun. I loved it so much. Dino Stats was cool. He, oh, he's he, great. He, he blew Michael away with a magic trick. Oh um, yeah, he did some wonderful card magic tricks that just blew my mind. And I already love like close up magic and card tricks. Anything and just the way he was doing them at the you know after we did the podcast just blew me away. He had he had Michael pick a card and then he put the deck in his hands and said, um, 
and and put cage your hands over this deck and then he goes i'll make every card disappear in your hand except for your card and he goes do you do you feel the deck he's like i don't know i think i do (laughs) 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 float away and then when he when he when he lifted his hands up instead of the deck was a little plexiglass block with his card sitting on top well okay here's the thing he has you cage your hands and he's like and he's like you feel the deck and you're like yeah yeah sure i I think i do (laughs) and he's like okay well look and then you look at where your palms are where it makes that natural gap in the bat under your palms the plexiglass block is scored just so it looks like lines of cards so it looks like the cards so you're like oh my gosh okay yeah they're still there and he's like okay he's like okay now look and you take it and then you're like plexiglass your card and i was just like oh oh my god you're a witch <laughs> no, he was amazing if i could go find where he does his his bits in vegas i would totally i would never not see him again I all right say it that way all right mike you have four widgets where do you put them and why uh um I'm gonna split them even, two and two. I'm gonna go with two and two. I, I want, yeah. I, I can't, I can't walk away from watching a whole bunch of old glass cannon episodes. That's that's pretty nerdy. And I will give um, one to each of us, and I'll give my fourth to Mike because VR is awesome. Yeah. And Mikey, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split it evenly. And then where does the fourth one go? No, two and two. Oh, two and two. Okay, so you're not giving yourself any. No, because I'm a good person. I win. You do. With five, and then Mikey and Mike tie for three because they're twins from an alternate universe. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just so we're clear, I'm Mike Prime is what we've settled on. Mike, Mike Prime. Prime. Yes. All right, well, I'm still Mike One. Actually, okay. you're Mike 243. <laughs> what? <laughs> Forget I said that. All right, what are we talking about this morning, Mikey? Today we're going to be talking about VR systems, playing them, reviewing them, not really. And basically I I want to talk about the fails too that we've seen on that we've seen online too because there are some people who just cannot handle that immer- that kind of immersion stuff. It's and I I know it firsthand because there I have been freaked out in one of those games. So so what exactly is a VR system? I want to be the the person here who really knows nothing for the audience members who also don't know anything at all. So what exactly is a VR system? I can't speak technically, so uh, Mike, you go ahead and you 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 just plow in. Sure, a virtual one, reality I system get technical about it. is uh it's a uh, digital world that appears to your visual senses to be the same thing as the real world. So it's it's more than just like a moving picture. It's that your your brain interprets it as real objects. So uh, it is real life magic illusion. You might think you might think of it that way. That's probably the easiest way to explain. So it. you wear like a thing on your head. You do. You wear a visor on your face, and then you get these little hand control things uh, for a lot of them to manipulate stuff inside the world. And there are uh, sensors connected to the computer, typically two or three, arrayed around a room that you could creates like a boundary box. Uh, and inside the boundary box, uh, you're safe to move around as long as you've cleared away all the real world objects. And when you get near the edges, uh, the, the system will, at least the Oculus Rift, shows you the, you know, like, there's the wall. <laughs> there's a big grid there, uh, wherever, whatever you're playing in, whatever movie you're watching, whatever you're doing. And, you know, like, oh, I can't walk over there because I'll, I'll walk into something in the real world and injure myself. Do they have games you can play while sitting? 
that you don't yeah, have to move around? A lot of them are intended to be played while sitting, uh, although I, I stand almost all the time. Almost, I don't know why. I should start sitting while I play. I, I never sit. I'm always standing. For the for when I play V, when I play my buddy's uh, um, vibe system. I think it's the excitement. You're still so goddamn excited to be doing it. Like, why would you be sitting? <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. Why are you sitting here? Go play. Go have fun. Oh, yeah, VR Academy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a new thing. Like, the first time that uh, they tried to do... Oh, and I should add that most everything that you experience in a VR thing is is three-dimensional, if that wasn't obvious enough. Um so it 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 feels like it has width and length and height, like all all of them. Uh, the big difference here is that okay, so they started screwing around with VR or three D stuff in the fifties, right? You know the, those blue and red glasses and uh, the weird projection films. You know, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think, was in three D because I saw it in a theater at some point that way. Um, and it didn't really take because uh, ultimately it would hurt people's vision and it was just too much, too much investment, not enough payoff. And they tried again for VR in the 80s, early 90s. Uh, there were arcade spots. I don't know if you guys have one in your local mall. We had one here in uh, Pittsburgh in Ross Park Mall, where it was like a platform that you'd step on and a big visor you'd put on and a whole bunch of stuff. It was a atrocious amount of equipment and super expensive to maintain a poor business model. Uh, but that was all polygonal. So it was like, you know, just like uh, lines uh, similar to the Virtual Boy, which is the home version. And that was great. The Virtual Boy actually did a decent job of what the Oculus Rift does. Um, but it was all in red pixels, uh, which even for people like me who desperately wanted it, um, hurt your hurt your brain. It just hurt your freaking brain to use. And uh, now I think is finally the time for VR. Like they finally found a spot where it's affordable. All of the tertiary market is actively participating. Like you see knockoffs for it in CVS and shit in the toy section, the electronic section. Uh, the Xbox has stuff to tie into Vive. The PS4 has stuff to tie into Vive. Or what's the PS4 use? Is it Oculus? They have their own thing. I don't know. I know they've got some kind of headset. Um, so like there, there's support from Sony and Microsoft for it, and it's affordable. Uh, you know, it's comparable to what you might pay for another gaming system as long as you already have a decent computer to start with. And uh, the real difference is that it what they what they figured out is that it needs to wrap your periphery. So you're not it's not like when you're using like a little viewfinder. It's it's a large visor that goes well past the, uh, you know, your eye socket. So uh, the best example that I that I typically explain to folks, is there's this this quick demo thing they have called blue. And you're underwater on some like pirate ship that sunk, and you know stuffs swimming around. There's a stingray. There's some fish. You know, eh, whatever. And then a whale comes into view, and the whale at first you're just like, oh, it's just a whale, but it's you know it's a blue whale, so it's huge. And as it goes from you know left to right, its body is still trying to appear in the left. You know, so you're not seeing its tail yet, and the head goes past your right, and your brain starts freaking out because your fight or flight reflex goes off, and that's that's where the money is like that's that's why vr like that's that's why it's time now and if you haven't played the new vr stuff yet you don't know what i'm talking about but oh my god you will like there's a lot of roller coaster things that it feels like you're on a roller coaster like if you had a fan nearby blowing stuff on you you'd think you were on a roller coaster um yeah yeah i don't know it's great i'm really happy that my wife bought 
bought a computer and an Oculus Rift because there was no way I could avoid that shit. It, I think that I'm looking at it. PlayStation VR is just PlayStation VR. Yeah, how much is that? Is it just like 200 bucks? Um, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page now. Yeah, I'm wondering because we, uh, we... Oh, all... here we go. $399. Oh, yeah, that's like Oculus price. My my first experience with VR was just watching PewDiePie playing on the Oculus when it first came out. Oh, you can get a VR Doom uh, thing from Target for three hundred. But um, yeah, I've done I've done the thing where you put your phone in a box. Oh yeah, that's a that's cool. It's surprisingly cool, actually. I was impressed by how cool that. Yeah, I I have to say, and I'm going to say this over and over again through this episode. I didn't like it. I don't like being blindfolded. Oh. I. I guess I have like control issues. So I was like, I put it on and I, I immediately realized I wasn't aware of the world and I didn't like it at all. I, I just didn't trust my surroundings. I didn't trust someone to sneak up on me. I started getting paranoid. Dude, it's like you're sticking your head out of a window. That's it. Do you freak out when you stick your head out of a window that somebody's going to come up behind you and push you out? But when I stick my head out a window, I'm still aware of the world. You're still aware of the world outside of the VR headset enough to know that you're unaware of it. So you're not completely unaware of it. Yeah, I, I didn't feel good. I didn't like it. I, I really Aww. don't like it. I'm probably not the only person that feels that way. Did you play any like uh, open world space games where it's just like Minecraft sort of? No, I haven't really done that yet. I think that might be more your thing because like you're 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 closing the window to so much more, so much more. What I Infinite. have played, what I have played are AR games. Oh, augmented reality, I, yeah. Yeah, I really like augmented reality. I like adding to the world and making it, you know, making it more like interesting. And I mean, even like things like Ghostbusters, where you just hold your phone up and you can see the ghosts by holding your phone up, and they're floating around in your room. I think that's really cool. But when I'm when I'm when I'm basically wearing a blindfold, I I really don't like it. I I do enjoy watching Let's Plays of the VR games. I mean, like I, putting something over my head just isn't my thing. I, I'm, maybe it'll change. Maybe I'll adapt. Maybe I'm just being an old man about it. I don't know what to tell you. I'm I was I'm so ready for it. I'm ready for cybernetic eyes too. Like I'm yeah. I think the I, real world sucks. <laughs> I'm so ready for the alternate. Oh, okay. I am being told that I have echo, and it's because my other mic wasn't muted, and I'm muting it now. Um, so I apologize, guys, um, for the rest of the episode. It wasn't bad. It was only whenever you had, like, a really high up pitch. For the rest of the episode, I won't have any more echo, but I probably had echo through the entire beginning of the episode. If it wasn't bad for you, it's probably bad on the recording. Yeah, so, So, yeah, right? It'll probably happen, but not really. Uh, so. So we were talking about, um, how I don't like VR, just like the whole blindfolded experience, which has limited my experience. It's made it so I haven't had to get to have a lot of the really cool experiences because I'm hesitant to put the um, the visor on because I'm a control freak. Um, what were some of your experiences with VR, Michael? I've played on the, the PlayStation VR, and I've also played on the... On the uh, Vive system for P the you know the PS system uh, wasn't bad. The system seems a little bit uh, more shaky. Uh, it gave me a headache uh, running it. Uh, with but the Vive system, I never got a headache. the The PlayStation one, though, I will admit that was the one that gave that had me totally freaked out. Like I forget the game. It was um I think it was Dead by Dawn. I think it was. Hmm. 
And when were you riding in a carnival seat and you're running through like this like terrifying funhouse maze thing and you have two shotguns and you're trying to oh dead and buried things that pop up. Yes, thank you. I, I played that this morning. Called. Yeah, yeah, it's a shoot 'em up gallery. It's a multiplayer game too, which I thought was like what? Like riding through, you have both your your guns sitting here, and then you can see your guns, and then like as we're going through and things are getting a little bit more scary, you can see the guns were starting to shake. And my friend's like, "Are you scared?" I'm like, "No." Uh, you and know. I think I might actually like that because I like haunted houses. And I think if I thought about it as just going into a haunted house, because you give up your perceptions there. The 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 funny thing is, is I went into a haunted house where they black hood your head and that didn't bother me. <laughs> I don't know why the video was an expected experience. So yeah, maybe it was because an expected experience. Maybe I just need to try it more and I won't be so resistant. Were you ready for VR to actually feel like reality? Maybe that was it. Maybe you just thought it was going to feel more fake than it did. Yeah, that could have been it, too. Or It also could have been that the few times I've tried it, I tried it with friends, and I don't trust my friends not to fuck with me while I'm... Ah, yeah, that's... yeah. Well, for for me, honestly, uh, I did get fucked with while I was playing that game. My buddy was coming up around me by my ears going like, hi, hi, and it was... <laughs> Oh man, it was so terrifying. But with the Vive system, I, I I really enjoyed the Vive system. Actually, it for the the Vive system it didn't give me a headache. Like I said, it, it felt more immersive. And the the hand systems for the Vive system, their controller hand controllers, they felt a little bit more organic. Uh, the Oculus copied it and made new ones recently that are great. Yeah, yeah, Oculus Touch controllers. Yeah. And so the the controller, the control for it is really great. Plus, with the PlayStation setup, you don't move around. You can't walk at all. You stand still and then you use directionals or you do basically a teleport point in, in advance. Where with the Vive system, you have a plane, you have a, a grid system mapped out in wherever you are. And you center your remote, you center your controls and your and your mask. And then it gives you a safe run area. And like if you get too close to like to the edge of your grid, which hopefully you have set up in an area where there's no nothing in, breaks that grid. You it's all everything is outside of that grid. So basically, when you start to see gridding on the wall in front of you, you're reaching your limit. So, um, yeah, the Oculus Rift has a guardian box uh, much like that. Yeah, it's Mike, great. Mike just shared in our chat, Somniacs.co, um, where they make a product called Birdly. All right, so hold on, hold on. Let me let me roll into this. So All right. I, I've been into yeah. VR for a while now, even this though I didn't have This looks amazing. One. This actually looks you like something I'd be no into. You have no fucking idea how amazing it is. You have so no fucking idea. You really don't. Like, I, I wasn't ready for it. So uh, I went to this thing called the Future of Storytelling Festival in 2016. They do it every year in New York. And uh, my buddy lives up in Manhattan, and you know I was visiting, and it was just like the right the right opportunity. So we showed up, and it's a bunch of different like little VR things, and most of it you had to sign up for. And we immediately tried to sign up for this birdly thing, which is a, it's like a hydraulic press with wings on the side and a fan in the front. And we were like, yes, this is the whole reason to be here because you pretend to be a bird. And the hydraulic press thing is like one large controller. Oh, wow. And yeah. Yeah. And we didn't get into the first thing. We did a bunch of other little things. We played with the Google Tilt brush and, and you know, I, I tried a bunch of different experiences that were cool, but um, we didn't get in. And then we like, waited for the next session to start and just kind of like hung around past when we were supposed to. And then we like hit our badges 
and just got very in the front of the line. So we waited two hours without being able to do anything. And it was so fucking worth it for five minutes with this thing. Like, okay, so uh, I have a video and I will show it to you later. I have one of Benji going through. Uh, where did he go? He went somewhere stupid. Uh, he went somewhere stupid. Yeah, like they had a couple different options to go. The one lady is doing the Grand Canyon and he did, I think he did Tokyo and I did Hong Kong. So it wasn't a stupid place to go, I guess. It just wasn't the coolest. I was like, ah, oh, go to Barcelona, but whatever. So um, you you get on it and you get on your knees to like get into it, land your belly, put your hands over the flaps, and then they strap it on your head and the fan gets going. You're like, this is ridiculous. And then like it loosens up and stuff, and you're like in the air, you're like, okay. And then they're like, okay, now you have control. And then suddenly you start pitching and yawing how you're balancing your body around, and you can like go faster by tilting your wings downward and like flapping and 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 yeah it was awesome i pulled like cartwheels and shit i i oh my god it's ah it really felt like you i was flying like it really felt like i was flying under my own power and it was amazing i can't i can't i have experiences that top that but i can't talk about them safely like they could make a superman game for that Oh, yes, yes. And they have a Spider-Man demo for Oculus Rift. They give you two web slings, and it feels so good. I jumped in the air and screamed. Like, ah. And there was no apparatus for that. That was just like the regular game. Well, you're you're at the beginning of getting me excited about this, making me want to try things. Yeah, um, check out Birdly. It's a project, and they go around to all these different cities. So, like, see if they're coming to a place near you and get in line, because it's fucking worth waiting two hours for it. So... What are some of the other negative reactions to to VR? Okay, so yeah, I want to talk about this. So different people are gonna be able to handle this differently. Like I'm, 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 I'm so ready to be a VR not. Like I was, I was there. I was on the front line. I'm yeah. But uh, my mom, for instance, I'm a little worried about her doing it because I know she gets vertigo and motion sickness. So for most people, when I introduce them to VR, I'm like, okay, here's the air car game. Uh, all you do is fly around an air car in a cyberpunk city like Blade Runner or something. And uh, there's no racing or shooting or anything. It's just flying around. Gives you a sense like, oh, my God, pitch. Yeah, you some people almost fall over. So you got to be like watching them. Be careful. And I'm really that's not something I'm going to start my mom with. I'm going to start my mom with like, here's a platformer game where you're the camera and follow the character around because that's not going to break you or like one of the art building programs, you know. Because uh, it, it can be very disorienting to have your visual senses uh, co-opted. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And, and you guys want to talk about fails, and there are an awful lot of VR fails on the internet that are pretty amazing. I, I've seen I've seen some of the fake ones, like the lady who who grabs a knife and starts trying to stab her family. Oh yeah, that was that was one of the yeah. fake ones. That was oh, a pretty funny, funny fake. Still Mostly funny. it's people having gut reactions and then like, you know, sprinting two feet into a wall or falling backwards or something, you know? Uh, and it's like I was saying, it's that fight or flight response because your brain really does get tricked on a primordial level. Oh, yeah, totally. We were, we were watching. I was watching a few right before we started. And my favorite one was the climbing game. Because he was he was just grabbing handholds and pulling himself up, and it looked like realistic climbing. But when he missed a handhold, I guess his brain got tricked, and he just face planted. Mm-hmm. And I that that was kind of amazing to me because it was like for a second it it really did make his brain think that he was climbing and that something bad was going to happen. Oh yeah, 
they're uh, I've seen ones where guys are doing it and they're like they basically fall like they, they they some kind of fail and they fall and then they freak out and they think they're they're literally falling. There's one plank game that I want to get and the whole thing is that it's supposed to give you vertigo and I'm like yes give me that. So you just like <laughs> tightrope walk over a plank in like a skyscraper type scenario like yeah that's my joy. Oh that sounds fun. That yeah. sounds so much fun. Uh, I love know, those zombie ones where people are like freaking out, and then like there's one where guys are running out of like they run out of bullets with their guns, and they forget how to reload because they're so freaked out, and they just start because you can hit with hit with the guns, and so he's just sitting there swinging the guns around, and they're trying to tell him it's okay and pause the game, but they can't get close to him because he's just lashing out so wildly. Oh, it's beautiful. Do you know of any other cool innovations, Mike? Uh. I mean, like each it's it's really just like a grounds for innovation. One that I I got to get a connector to get her Ethernet fit, hooked up because we've been doing wireless up there and the signal just isn't working out. It's a terrible connection. But apparently the Minecraft VR, I thought it was just Minecraft, but in a VR space, right? It's not. It's everyone else is playing Minecraft and you're God watching them play Minecraft and you can fuck with it, which to me is I don't that I don't sound even, so much better. Yeah, like I don't I don't even my brain just kind of like seizes up being told that because like the so so you're like, ah, uh, ah, so I get to be God. Like I, 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 I need to I need to get her Ethernet fixed and 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 investigate the Minecraft VR. It's downloaded. Um, but really, it's just ground. The whole thing is grounds for innovation. The way that you interact with the game, like via your your brain space and how you interpret what you see and hear an experience the way that you uh, actually engage with that uh, both like with your, with your brain pattern functions for doing motor puzzles versus doing visual puzzles. Uh, you, you, they really, they really interact in a way that it doesn't happen when you're holding a standard controller and playing on a screen. And then also, um, yeah, just the way that you, you interact with the world can be very different. And, uh, we're going to talk about some games, and in there you will find more more context for what I mean by that. So let's get to that. And you have VR accounting on there. So did you get to play VR accounting? No, I watched an entire gameplay of it. I kind of been treating VR like I treat every other video game that I tend to watch more than I actually play. And I watched an entire gameplay of it. And okay. I, the way I describe this game isn't you get to play a game. It's you get to step inside the mind of Justin Roiland. I thought it was Dan Harmon did it. Is it Justin Roiland? It's Justin Roiland. Mm. One of the Rick and Morty guys. Yeah. Yes. The, it's Morty. So me and Steph both got to play that and in, uh, when I <laughs> demoed and sold her on getting it, basically. So, yeah, here's a pro tip. If you want to sell your significant other on this, get them to demo it. Find a place that has VR. There will probably be a coupon. It'll cost you like 30 bucks for two hours or something. And you'll walk away with someone willing to buy a VR thing with you. Uh, so we did VR accounting separately, and we both played through it. And it that this that's the perfect example of innovation because like it's it's not it's uh, it's a puzzle game, I guess. Um, and it takes you through like it's not like you enter into portals when you go from one scene to another. They're all organic and woven into the plot slash puzzle that you walk through. Uh, it's a good thing if you're if you're like, what are you guys talking about? How is this innovative? What Brian did watching a video of someone play through it will give you a very good sense of what we mean by um, it just changes. It just changes the game, man. It changes the, the, the rules of gaming. 
that's yeah. I wish I would have come to that conclusion a little earlier. Could have saved us two minutes of me babbling. Um, no, I like one, it. Bab- babbling is okay. Just ask Michael. One of the games that stood out to me Shut is the awesome. Fuck up, Brian. Is uh, Horizon Vanguard. Horizon Vanguard is really simple. It's like like it's sort of like Star Fox SNES level graphics, and you're on this like hyper speeder bike thing going over water or whatever or ground or whatever it hovers <laughs> shooting shit down with a gun and it, it, it's got this like fucking killer 80s synth music hitting you and uh it it, it feels super arcadey you know like when you were a kid and you went to the arcade and you saw that game with the motorcycle the first time it's like that but it's like every time so that's high on my list and it's free so if oh, you get this cool it is it, it is really cool yeah, I like the super, reflective surface of the track. Mm, yeah, that looks retro. really cool. And like the the gameplay is super fun. Uh, it's not easy either. It's hard. I only got like halfway through the second level after an hour of playing it. I think. Uh, is there a Mech Warrior game yet? Uh, there is. I played the demo for it. It was pretty good. Um, it was. I forget what it was called. We it actually had Mech in its title. When I was um when I was in my early twenties, we used to go to VR World and play Mech Warrior. Where you got to sit in the big boxes and you had the big screen in front of you and you controlled oh, the Mac. Like you they have like the Gen Con and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I did that. It's much better than that. I did that at Origins last year. It's it's way better than that. <laughs> it's way better than that. Um, I mean, like graphics-wise, control-wise, the whole package is is better. I'm not, I'm not sold on buying it yet. I'll probably wait till I have some more money and time on my hands. But the demo was really fun. Uh Project Arena is one of the games that comes with Oculus Rift and a great example of what people think of when they think of VR, which is Tron. It's like a Tron disc game and you drag yourself around with your arms in an arena with five other players. And each of you has a goal that's like obscured by some stuff floating around. There's chunks of like, you know, polygon things to drag yourself around throughout thing. And you have like little thruster jets on your on yourself. You can you move yourself around a little bit without using your arms. But yeah, it's just like a. a uh, uh, sort of like Ultimate Frisbee. It's, yeah, that's actually what it is. Holy fuck. That looks really cool. Ultimate Frisbee is the goal. <laughs> Dude, it is, it is we super just have cool. so somebody have profound self-realism. Well, I, yeah, I should be much it's better Ultimate at it because I used to play Ultimate Frisbee and I was really good at it. <laughs> so I should be better at it. Well, you can't hammer throw the disc or anything. Like it's 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 you know it's limited control over the disc. You can catch it and toss it and bounce it around and stuff, but you can't. It doesn't have wind I, physics in it and stuff. Like I that. I feel really ignorant here. What's Ultimate Frisbee? Oh, Ultimate Frisbee is a sport uh, that's slowly getting recognized here. It's more of a college thing at this point. Most of the time, it's a club uh, rather than a proper sport. But um, it's uh, uh, it's sort of like basketball Frisbee, right? You can't run with the disc. You can only pass it. And uh, you have to pass it to somebody in the end zone. So it's like a mix of, I guess, football, basketball, and, and Frisbee. And it's fun. There's a surprising number of ways to throw a frisbee. You'd you'd be amazed. I got really good at hooking it, where you've got it uh, upside down, and then you throw it vertically in the air, and it sort of uh, does like uh, uh, this wicked curve. And if you've got control over it, you can control where the curve happens at a distance. It's impossible to block. Wow, I'm looking at pictures of it. It looks like a really serious sport. It can be. It can be a very serious I mean, there's no tackling or anything like that, but uh, yeah. People get into it. People are getting airborne playing this game. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it helps if you're tall and fast. Yeah. Uh, not a not an easy game for short folks, unfortunately. So uh, this sounds like an interesting game. Um, Robo Recall. What can you tell us about that? Okay. 
So Robo Recall is one of their flagship products for Oculus Rift, and it has a shit ton of polish. So it feels everything. All, all the graphics are amazing, and it feels uh, super slick. There's great voice talent and sound and all that stuff. And the the idea is that like society is largely helped by automatons, and then there's this sort of like cheeky overtone as the automatons rebel, and your uh, recall specialist whose job it is to go and take out these rogue robots. So you go around the city just destroying waves and waves and waves of robots. If, if you know, words can't describe this. Um, if you haven't figured it out, I'm quickly going on Google Images and looking at everything that Mike is mentioning. Um, these are highly polished robots. These are like iRobot-style robots, but they look more real than the robots did in iRobot. Like I said, it's a, it's one of their flagship products. I think probably tens of thousands of hours went into development. And it's and really nice. a really fast-paced FPS. Mm-hmm. Open world and the controls are excellent, FPS. too. Well, it's not quite open world. You go around on missions, and then you you have like a, a you know a little sandbox you can play in inside of a mission. But you can't move from sandbox to sandbox just walking around like Grand Theft Auto. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it's mostly a shooter. But you can also interact with the robots, like grab them, uh, use them as shields. I figured that one out pretty early and everyone and I had friends over during the time. They were like, what? Uh, that was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a sweet, it's a sweet, fast paced game. Uh, and if you get a, if you get Oculus Rift, you should get it for free. But if you, for some reason don't have it, you should definitely consider it. They and had if a, you want to use laser swords, they have laser swords in Robo Recall. Oh shit. I had got the laser swords. I'm looking at pictures of people using them with like a lightsaber in each hand. Nice. Yeah, I still have to download a Star Wars game. I still have yet to do that. I only bought one game so far because they gave us a $15 credit. They have Star Wars VR? Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, um, there's Batman VR for the PS4, and that was one of the reasons I considered getting getting Steph to buy a PS4. Because I was like, Batman, Batman. Well, there's one, I, I cannot remember the name of the game at all, but it is it is a very fun like shooter gallery game. Where you're basically supposed to be a space pirate standing on the edge of a space dock, and you're space taking pirates. out drones that have showed up to kill. Yeah, I think it's space pirates. Yeah. Whenever I play a Batman game, I always want to order a whole bunch of Indian food. Huh, that's interesting. You have to ask me why. Why? Because then I can get a plate full of naan, so I can go na 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 Batman. So yeah, Dead and Buried. We talk about. <laughs> oh briefly. God. Dead and Buried also has a lot of polish, but it looks more cartoonish. Um, I don't know. I only got to play a little bit of it. Did you get to do any multiplayer when you played it, or were you by yourself? The cowboy shoot him up on the train. Michael. I didn't play cowboy shoot him on the train. I played Space Pirates. No, you were talking about a horror thingy or whatever. It's oh, like that cow- one. Um, no, I played by myself. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I want to see how that does with multiplayer. But you're you're in a fixed position. You don't get to move around in that one. You can like take cover and dodge. And it's surprisingly difficult. Like, um, you guys remember the arcade games? They used to have a boxing one and a, a policeman one, where I it would track that one. Yeah, yeah, it's like that level of difficult. Um, uh, one of the cooler ones that I did not expect to enjoy as much as I do is called Lucky's Tale, and this is just like a very basic Mario knockoff. And you don't—you're not in the perspective of Lucky. You're floating around behind him, so you're just like the—you're just like a floating camera, basically, in front of a diorama. And I, I, oh my God, I'm so fucking excited for when they do a Mario game with this because it, it, it's one of the best games I've played on VR. Like it just makes the platformers unbelievably more enjoyable. The stuff that I can see being able to do making you the camera that way 
is a very large feat of design. So I, I'm, yeah. The, and for the list, listeners at home, Lucky is a cute little fox who wears a blue cape. Yeah, yeah, he looks um, uh, alarmingly a lot like Tails. And I was he thinking, does look like Tails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, are you serious? Okay, and he even has two tails, right? Like, I, I only see one tail. Is it only one tail? Okay, I keep maybe in my head. I'm just seeing two. Uh, there's also really great creator stuff. Uh, the Google Tilt Brush. I did buy the Google Tilt Brush. I forgot about buying that. I bought that as soon as the VR started installing. Uh, it's uh, uh, it you get to it. Um, mm, the other one's Quill. They're both good. They're both good. But Google Tilt Brush has all these extra effects and stuff, so you can just make these unbelievably gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, uh, sculptures i guess that you can walk around in what are your export options with google tilt brush i still have to explore that because i was thinking about making the hypernet in it um i know they, they have a, a gallery that you can import and just like check out a bunch of stuff which is super cool by the way a lot of it's uh like professional artists that they paid to spend a lot of time making so you can see like the one you just like loaded up and suddenly you're standing on this platform being held by this like God in space made out of a bunch of crazy shit. Well, we're, we're talking about this one like we already know what it is and I'm, I'm familiar with it so I can actually describe this. So imagine um, you put on your VR headset and you're in a black room or whatever color of room you set your canvas as and then you can drag the tilt brush and draw lines in the air. And you can pick the texture, color, glow of the different lines, and you can make art in 3D. And like Mike said, it's a it's a sculpture, so you can you can get real you can get real creative and move around the thing and actually see it from behind as you draw it. So it it really opens up new creative worlds for people. <clears throat> see, I can check and see if I can pull it off her uh, computer because it's on the network. But I do have one thing that I made in Quill that looks pretty good. I don't think I'll be able to, to get it though. No, it's not on there. I think so. What's um, Ranger, the Lost Tribe, and Valkyrie Blade? Oh, okay, so Valkyrie Blade, I did the demo for. It's like a Viking thing, and you just do like combat uh, with dudes that run in. You smack them with a sword. You, you it, it's pretty simple. Uh, there's some reposting and pairing in that one. Uh, <clears throat> Ranger, the Lost Tribe, is totally free. Uh, was made by a company that doesn't do translations very well, but it feels like Turok, like you fight these like serpentine dinosaur men sort of in this this really desperate red canyon wilderness and uh it's open world which is awesome so you just move around a lot and it's like the teleporting thing you point where you want to go with your joystick and you know let it fly and then you, you pop over there and the controls are really good for using your shield to block stuff uh so it like really feels like you have to be positioning it the right way you can't like throw your wrist uh, you know, veins out and block a blow. It has to be on the right on the right uh, direction and and in the right spot to block like this guy hitting you from the upper left versus somebody trying to sweep you on the lower right. And uh, I don't know. I it looks like shit, but it's it's the game I spent the second most time playing. So it's not. <laughs> it's really fun. And uh, if you have a VR, you should get it. I got it on Steam VR, not on the Oculus thing, but it's free. So. Check that shit out if you get a VR. Another one that was really cool was Coco. So, did you guys see Coco? The recent, I think, Pixar movie. I haven't right? yet. I need to. It's really good. Michael, um, have you seen it? No, I have not. 
It's about a little Mexican boy that goes to the day, the land of the dead during Dia de las Muertas. I'm surprised you haven't seen it yet because I think Alana would love that. Yeah, no, we just haven't. It never really popped up high on my radar. So like when it came out, we didn't completely, you know, we didn't completely like go out and be like, we have to see this. So, but eh, we'll we'll end up getting around to it. I heard it is good though. A bunch of people in our group did go and see it. The Coco VR experience looks really cool because it looks like you're in the movie. It is. That's what it is. You're, and it's it it is it, it's exactly like the movie. Exactly, it's the same fucking environment, and you can walk around in it, and I you can interact with it to a degree. And what I noticed with that was really cool was there's um in in a ridiculous amount of instrumentation in the actual headset. So like at at one point you get it in front of a mirror and you can dress your skeleton person or whatever. And I'm looking at him, and I realize that where my eye is looking, his eye is looking. Oh, that's unsettling. I know. I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize it was this. And there's a microphone in there, too, in the headset. Did you know that? No, I didn't. There's a fucking microphone in that headset. Yeah, so, like, it, the, the, it's it's an incredible, incredible little suite. It's, like, almost like Tony Stark built the, the VR headsets. It's like, oh, God, they put everything in here. It's a Swiss Army knife. Oh, um, yeah, do they have so a VR Iron Man yet? I don't think so, but there is a Marvel game coming out, and I will for fucking sure buy it because you get to do Hulk. Disneyland a few years ago, right as uh, Iron Man three came out, they put in the hall. They put in the Iron Man uh, Hall of Suits in the top of the Hall of Innovations. You know where they used to keep the uh, house of the home of tomorrow, and they had a thing where they have one wall and it's got like six of his suits there. Like they actually built the suits, and in the middle they have the Mark forty two. And then off to the side, they had a basically a, a, a VR system where the, it, instead of putting on, but you didn't put on a, a mask, it had a screen and then it, it, it was a motion tracker and you got to fight like that. That's awesome. <coughs> uh, oh, MSI. All right. So the space shooter one, this is one I found last night as I was trying to rush through stuff. Um, so like imagine space invaders, but instead of like you being the ship, your ship is the hand. And that the space invaders aren't coming from the top of the screen. They're coming from like portals on three different vectors in front of you. And you have to, and that, that's what it was. So I started playing it and I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. And then I got halfway through the first level and I was like, holy shit. Cause the, the, the ships that you don't kill start like swooping back around in these weird circuits. So by the oh, time wow. I got and died near the end of the second level, there was just like a, a fleet of like 100 ships flying all over the city I was trying to protect. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is Space Invaders in VR. And it just knocked me on my ass. Do they, do, do the ships get increasingly stronger? Um, no, there are more. And then there are some like, uh, some they like, just flood base, you. yeah, they flood you with the little ones in their base destroying ships that you have to take out to keep your, your, your things uh, safe to continue on in the level. Okay. That, that sounds actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I was not ready for it to be like a, a very humble beginning for what became uh, ultimately uh, one of the harder games I've tried. So have you played Cat Sorter yet? I have not played Cat Sorter yet, no. That, that is one you need to play. I think Stephanie has it on her must-have list, yeah? It is insanely fun. My wife isn't um, a huge gamer and she loves playing that game. And it is fun because they have an area where if you have a cat you really like, 
you can take it and you can put it off on this little thing. And then whenever the level ends and stuff and all the cats disappear, that cat won't disappear. You can get like two of them or as many as you can get on the shelf. Really. I always, I, I always pick a, 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 the black and white cat and I name him Lucius. And then I get the, the brown striped cat and I put him over there and I name him Gregory. Mm. And they're my little buddies. So between levels, like whenever, cause it goes to you run out of time. And so every time I'm between playing the games or anything, I'll sit there and talk to him. And, and there's like little, e- there's beautiful little Easter eggs in there. Cause you can pick up the phone and hold it to your, and if you put it to your, like, like you're putting it to your ear, um, it'll start, you'll start hearing like a dial tone and then you can, there's phone numbers written around the room and you, you tap them and then you can like hear like, it's like, uh, if you need, if you need help, like if there's something wrong or you need to, or you need tech support, call this number and you type in that number and it's like, oh yeah, you're going to be on hold for like 18 hours. <laughs> like, or there's one where it's like, uh, this guy was interested in cats, give him a call. And like, it's like, it's there and it's like, Hey, are you from the cat sorting place? Yeah. Do you have any extra parts? <laughs> it's, it's great. And one of the funny things about it is, is you're not just like replacing eyes, mouths, ears, and legs and tails. You're also replacing their buttholes. <laughs> yeah. Because so, sometimes their butthole is a little blue heart. <laughs> oh, my God. Or a spider eye. So you have duck season on here. And from what I understand, duck season is if you take you take a VR game you mix it with Duck Hunt, and then you mix Five Nights at Freddy's in it just for fun. I think that might be a good way of... Uh, of uh, Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right, actually. I haven't gotten to play Five Nights at Freddy's, but I found out about what it is recently, and I thought, yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. So we got that $15 credit, and we weren't sure, like... We had this big list of what we want to get for VR, because we spent some time researching it, and like I said, Cat's Order's on there. There's some Japanese space idol dancing game that she was like, oh my god! So that's on there. And I, I, she's going to Mexico in June, and I might buy Fallout 4 for it at that point, but I'm afraid to before I know you're, I'm going to have... You're willing to go down that rabbit hole, huh? How do you not... How, how do I not, Brian? Like, seriously. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've, I haven't played Fallout 4, so that's how you not. <laughs> yeah, I've already beaten Fallout 4, and I have all the DLC, but I haven't done it in VR. It's VR Fallout. But um yeah, so we looked around and duck season is what we landed on. And so it oh, opens up Wait, VR Fallout. Have you yeah. seen the video of the guy explaining it? No. He's going through Fallout 4 VR and he's ex- and like he's like it's not a terrible game. Like he goes there's there's some problems, but it's not a terrible game. And like he's showing like how people are like glitching through walls. Your dog just randomly flies away. People walking by just disappear into thin air and everything. And he's like it's not terrible, but like it, it's it's just it's so funny to listen to him while he's playing this game and explaining like what's wrong with it, but how it's still not terrible. It's beautiful. I have to I'll have to find the I'll have to find the video. That and Morrowind's gonna be coming out pretty soon too. Uh, Morrowind VR. But um, yeah. So duck season. You you it starts off and like you're a kid, right? And your mom comes home from the grocery store and she pulls out a copy of Duck Season and she tells you you only have one day to play it, so you know make the most out of it. And everything around you is sized like you are are under the age of ten. Oh, so because like, it's supposed to be like a rental. Like, exactly. Like back exactly. in the day when you used to rent Nintendo games. And it feels like you're in the living room back in the day doing it. Like it's a big wooden box console TV that you're choosing options and stuff from. And um, like w- uh, so each t- so when you play the actual Duck Season game, it's it's like Duck Hunt, but it's smooth ass VR. It looks really sweet. And uh, then whenever you finish, you know, around, it takes you back into the living room 
and you find that he suddenly has another old NES game sitting there or two of them. And they're all very basic, like shoot at the big giant console TV in front of you games to do this, this like thing with eight bit stuff. It's cute and funny and cheeky and rewarding. And I haven't gotten to the surreal bit yet. It's start. I think they've, I think I saw a little bit of foreshadowing for it, but nothing major yet. I don't know. I'm, I'm stoked that one. Cause like if you feel like you're a kid again, when you, when you get in there and that's, uh, that's, I wouldn't that's even the, describe it as surreal. I'd describe it as flat out horror. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Cause <laughs> right now the dog only exists on the TV and inside of the duck season gaming part. Like he's in TV commercials that you'll watch here or there. But like I haven't seen him out in the yard or anything like that, you know. So that's still terrifying. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I probably will play that. Just I. I need to. I. All right. So now since we talked about a bunch of games, we talked about VR. Let's talk after this conversation. How do we feel? What kind of excitement do we feel? And I'll go first. Yeah. I'm. You got me wanting to try it, even though I was so resistant before. I mean, it just sounds like such a cool thing to hold myself back from just because I don't want to let go of that control and put a blindfold over my head. Um, Michael, what are your, you, I know you've been excited for some time. Oh yeah. I, I love VR and it, it's, it, to me, it is a little bit of an escape. So it is fun because I one okay, this is going to sound really weird, but one thing I really like about it is when I take the headset off and you get that mini head rush of realizing you're not where you thought you were. Yeah. You're like, well, how did I get to this part of the room? And you're like you're like four feet over from where you originally were, and you're like, wait a minute, what? How the hell did this happen? And then you're just like, wait, they turned the light off while I was doing this. <laughs> it, it's it's amazing, and it's it's really fun. Uh, I don't normally like horror games, but I've, they've had me like they, I've been forced to play like one or two of them. And I, there's one where you're like a pizza guy delivering food to people who just moved into a house, and then you start getting terrorized by a ghost girl. I I don't know the name of it at all, but I only made it to like the part where she, like, I didn't even make it to her popping up the first time. I was just so terrified walking through the room, like, and looking at stuff as the lights were flickering and everything. And I was like, I'm out guys. I can't do this. I'm just going to sit here and stare at the wall. She can murder me. I'm going to stare at the wall. And they're like, Oh, come on, dude, just turn around. I'm like, no, cause I know she's going to be there. I have watched. I, I, I need to tell you, do not type pizza guy, ghost girl, VR and Google. You will only get porn. Uh, hey, pizza guy ghost girl vr do um, not type that in google you will only get porn pizza i tried guy. to find what game you were talking about and now there are four porn ghost. links in the in the top four girl i'm doing images ghost girl <laughs> yeah, i'm doing images let's see what happens when i get when i do images oh so much dick oh <laughs> uh, one of them even says it's hot <laughs> Oh yeah, I have gosh. not tried those VR games I yet. I didn't realize oh, that pizza dear. guy was a was a porn term. Uh, I guess yeah. I should have. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a trope. It's oh a trope. dear God! So, oh. And there are other free VR games I played that uh, just did not stand out for today's topics. But um, yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm probably gonna go play some VR after this conversation. Now that we talked about it for an hour. Awesome. So. Um, we are at the part of our show where we do our wrap-up stage, where we do our, our BS and whatnot. But we have to describe a movie badly, and we didn't talk about what movie we were going to describe badly before we started. But <laughs> in the theme of what we talked about, have either of you seen Lawnmower Man? Oh, of course. Uh, when I was like 15. So Lawnmower Man 
this is my describe badly is about a developmentally challenged adult who goes who plays a VR game and goes insane and starts murdering people. I mean, don't forget about the monkey that also played the VR game and the drugs that they were both given. Wow. Bond is giving them the drugs. Bond is giving them the drugs. Pierce Brosnan. (laughs) Oh my god, he is. Uh, Oh yeah, Pierce Brosnan was the guy in that. And he starts doing it out of his basement when the government's like, no more of this. He's like, whatever, I love my monkey. And my retarded, well, I'm sorry, mentally developed uh, (laughs) landscaper. (laughs) And my mentally developed <laughs> known the, for listeners mike caught himself i did i did and the dude he uh he goes from being mentally um challenged challenged to being like super duper smart and adonis uh, i i like the one thing i remember the best from that whole movie is the beginning when the monkey is walking down the hallway yeah. with the with the vr headset still on and just blows a guy away I think that's the one thing I remember the best from that entire movie. I don't remember a monkey blowing a guy in that movie. Were you watching the the porn parody? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he did killed you know, somebody. Do you know there are three Lawnmower Man movies? I, yes. I remember. Did you ever see the third one? It it might be one of the worst ten movies I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, I've only third seen one the first one. Yeah, the first one's good. The second one is not so good, and the third one is. In the running for worst movies ever. On all fronts. On a scale of shit to Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, it's found somewhere below both of those. Oh my god. Is it god. so bad it's good, or is it just bad? It's just bad. Cult I mean, following bad, or bad? Cult following bad, like, you're gonna have to do some work if you want to find it. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, like, um... Like, sophisticated cult following bad? Or, like, this guy lives in his mom's basement and collects old episodes of the X-Files bad? Like, it's amazing that anyone agreed to use their real name working on it bad. Oh, that's terrible. So now is the part of the show where we talk about the nerdy stuff we're into real quick. Um, um, blah, 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 blah. Blue, blah, uh, blah, 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 blue, blah, blue, blue, blah, blah. This is, this is where we, um... We mention YouTube channels, books we're reading, stuff we can plug that I can tag on Facebook, and increase the promotion of our podcast. Um, <laughs> two um, two things I just did. Um, so we recently talked with Molly and Mitch from the Failure to Launch podcast. I love them. And in that episode, I was recommended two books. I have read both of those books. <laughs> um I read Stormfront by Jim Butcher, the first Dresden Files book. I've just started Full Moon. Um, and I have to say, I highly recommend it. They are, they totally live up to the hype. I, I hadn't experienced Dresden Files before and they're, they're really, really good. Um, when they say it's a hard boiled detective book with a wizard, they're not kidding. And it's gritty. I didn't expect it to be as gritty as it is. Um, the other book I read that Molly from the failure to launch podcast recommended was the book of the unnamed midwife. Yeah. She, she, uh, mentioned that. Did you read that one? It is The Walking Dead without zombies. Oh, wow. It is good. It is really good. It, it is a post-apocalyptic world. Um, if you do read it, be prepared to have social commentary slammed over your head. Um, there is very strong social commentary in it. Um, but it is, it is good. It is a really entertaining read. Oh, wow. Uh, my, my, my favorite part of the book, I'm going to say this out of context, is the part with the Mormons. <laughs> Mormons in a post-apocalyptic world. It's the first time I've ever seen that in a book. 
That sounds terrifying, to tell you the truth. It was it was really good. Um, Michael, do you have any nerdy stuff you're into or want to talk about? Uh, me? Oh my! Oh well, I've decided that I'm going to try either sometime next. I think I'm going to try and do it sometime next week. Uh, get down to our favorite local game and comic shop, SoCal Games and Comics, and try and pick up an issue of Power Rangers number 25, the beginning of the Shattered Grid event. Da, da, da. I have to pick up my poll. I probably have like ten comics in my poll. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, I I want to get I want to start reading that one because I've I've been reading about it, and I got to see the live action trailer for the event that they shot with Jason David Frank as the main villain for the it was a live trailer promo for the event, and I am so excited for this. Let me know when you're headed over. We could make a nerd play date out of it. I uh, want It's probably going to be sometime. It's probably be while you're at work, Tay. The truth, because I'm going to have to go in the morning. Yeah, that's usually what happens. So, but uh, if it's not next week, it'll be the next week. And if it's a time during the week that, like, you're like you get off work or something, we can try and go. Because I really want to read this event because it's it, it seems so good. Everything I've been reading about it and the live trailer just cemented it for me because it was just beautiful. I need to um, just. I need to just um, binge a bunch of Power Rangers so we can do a Power Rangers episode because it's been so long. I was a child. Um, but um, do, you, do you guys know Tommy, the the guy who plays Tommy, is doing Jason stuff with Hyper? Yeah, he's doing stuff with Hyper RPG, right? Yeah, That's, he did an episode of a few weeks back where he came back as the Green Ranger, and then he did one last week where he was Lord Draken. Yeah, which is the main villain for Shattered Grid. Hyper RPG is an excellent Twitch channel for those who are not familiar. And the Yellow Ranger is the guy who used to be Bulk. Cool. And the guy who played Bulk, I can never remember his 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 real name. He plays the Yellow Ranger, who is a his uh the animal for his ranger is a ram. <laughs> That's cool. Dude, he's and he does really like he does really good. And that guy is a, actually an amazing person. He's actually really cool. Paul L. Schreier the second. Thank you. Yeah. Paul, uh, Paul Schreier is really cool. His uh, I follow him on Instagram now. His his Instagram is called Desbulk. <laughs> Mike Prime, are you into anything nerdy other than your own stuff? Did you see that Astro City is getting a show? I don't know what Astro City is. Oh, my God. So uh, Astro City is a series from America's Best Comics, which is a now defunct publisher run by... Uh, Warren Ellis, right? Wasn't Ellis, I think. Or no, it might have been Roger Moore. It was Roger Moore. And they made, like, Astro... Uh, okay, where do I start? Astro City is a backdrop of, like, a four-color comic universe, right? So, like, back when... It's Silver Age comics, right? So, 50s and 60s era comics, right? All with original characters that are amazing. All of them are freaking memorable and, 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 and distinct. And all of the covers are done by Alex Ross. Alex Ross is the best artist in comic books. Alan Moore is America's best comics. Alan Moore, yeah, yeah. Um, and they had a couple other things like Tom Strong. Uh, you might have heard Promethea. That was America's best comics. Um, Astro City, I think, is arguably the best stuff they've ever put out. And it's it's these incredibly poignant, tragic, uh, satisfying stories. And uh, I I, uh, it, I can't wait for it. Like I, Astro City, I have a bunch of fucking Astro City. It's it's one of the best written comics around that that, that that's ever been, and I, the adaptation I can already see 
considering what they've done on Netflix with Marvel and even the CW, uh, like Astro City is going to blow every other superhero show that you've ever seen directly out of the water in in all respects. I'm super excited, except for Grimdark. It doesn't get very Grimdark. There are dark things that happen, but it's never Grimdark in their presentation because it's a four color comic. So, yeah. Ah. Mm. I'm super I'm excited. excited. I'm, I'm going to have to check out Astro City to see if they have any back issues at SoCal Games and Comics. If you hit up your local library, you will probably find some. Okay. They're worth buying, though. I mean, I would I was just buying. It's just there's a lot of them. So if you don't buy them, I'll read the rest at the library. I always have. I always add things to my... I, whenever I go pick up my poll, I always get a couple of things I've never heard of before. I'm trying to think of who my favorite character... Oh, there's so many. The Silver Sentinel probably is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's so many good characters. Uh, Astro City's so good. It's going to be so good. Yeah. So, Mike, Mike Prime, that is. Yes. Um, what are you doing right now? What do you want to promote? And how do people get a hold of you? Okay. Uh, at MikeMiler2 is a great way on Twitter. I'm also on the Facebook. And I have a Gmail. You can get at me directly, mike.myler.adventures at gmail.com. And a website with lots and lots of awesome free stuff, mikemiler.com. Um. Right now, uh, last week the book of Exalted Darkness, uh, the book of Exalted Darkness came out. Uh, that's for 5e, and it's huge. It's like 414 pages of uh, evil and uh, decapunk holiness, and it's already got two five out of five star reviews. Let's check that out. But um, right now I am kickstarting Imperial Matchmaker, which is a mega adventure. <coughs> excuse me, a mega sandbox adventure set in the imperial capital of Sanbaoshi in my. Um, Eastern Noir Fantasy Steampunk Universe, Miss Fukuma. And uh, we're also... Okay, so there's we want to make the Mega Adventure, which is like a hardcover. And it's this huge sandbox centered around the 10 uh, decreed marriages from the Emperor and the PCs either interfering or, or making sure those go off without a hitch. And then there's subplots and, 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 subquat, and subplots that take you outside of the city or deeper into the city. And we're going to expand Senbaoshi from... Uh, I think a 15-page chapter now into like 50 pages. Uh, so it'll be very lush with details. And then we're also making um, an adventure path out of the existing six adventures. So if you are not interested in doing the wedding stuff, then um, there's something that takes you all over Soberin for levels 3rd through 10th instead of 4th uh, through 10th. And then uh, Iconics. So a soft cover of like characters to use as pre-generated PCs or as rivals for the PCs uh, that are emblematic of Missive Kuma. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's nine free PDFs on the uh, project page, and we're off to a great launch week. And uh, pretty soon we should unlock the first backer goal, and all the pledge levels will get a printable GM screen. Awesome. Yeah. I am looking at Ayakashi. Oh, Ayakashi is a good one. So uh, the Imperial Matchmaker kick. So the first Kickstarter from Sukuma, we got this guy who just gave a silly amount of money. And I was like, okay, what do you want to do? And he's like, okay, run a campaign. I'm like, what kind of campaign do you want? And he was like, intrigue and drama. And then I found out he's like a professional actor and theater professor. So I was like, fuck. And that's where, <laughs> yeah, that's why the Imperial Matchmaker has 10 arranged marriages. Because uh, I was like, well, I got to really bring my game for this guy. And his character from that is Ayakashi. So Ayakashi is a theater mask that has become one of those Sukumogami. So, like, after 100 years being revered in this uh, theater, it's in his backstory and stuff, uh, he wakes up as, like, a living creature while the town's being attacked by a dead Oni, and he, like, possesses one of them and then protects the town, and then the town has to, like, accept this 
possessed undead because he just saved them all. So he starts putting on plays for the survivors until like a group of ventures comes and all they see is the undead. So they kill him and then they are like, Oh my God, we're so sorry. Nice monster possessing guy. And, um, it goes on from there until he eventually gets to Sambashi. But yeah, his thing is that he's a bard and is normally pretty ineffectual because he's, you know, the size of a, a theater mask and he can grow like little arms and legs, but that's about it. Uh, but he's able to possess people to walk around in society without being, you know, attacked. That uh, is the most creative concept for a character I've ever heard. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a reason Aikashi made it into the Iconics because he's, he's solid. There is also Piasso. Oh. I do not know how to pronounce the rest of that. So Piasu, Piasu, uh, the Harry Nokishi Irokatira brother. Uh, Machine so, armored hobgoblin Irotakira warrior. Yes. What the hell? Yeah. So basically, uh, in a nutshell, the Irokatira are um, uh, instead they're like space marines from War of 40k, except that they're in essentially ancient Japan and, uh, and, and hobgoblins instead of humans. So they've got all these different, like really devoted mercenary lodges. And, uh, they're, they're the reason that, uh, monster folk are tolerated and sober at all, actually, because the Irokotira chapters are super badasses. So whenever a noble, uh, really needs to get a problem dealt with, i.e. destroyed, uh, he can hire out an Irokotira chapter. So, like, it's okay for goblins and hobgoblins to walk around in society because they need to be able to call in these guys to, 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 to walk, uh, mop the floor, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, that, that sounds was, amazing. Piazza is my favorite. Uh, Piazza is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not going to read through all of these. So you can check out, um, you can check out the, the Imperial Matchmaker Kickstarter, and we will put that up on our page. It's got 22 days left. So it'll, as of today, Saturday, so on Wednesday, You'll have plenty of time when you're listening to this um, to check it out and back it because it looks like there's lots of great content. Um, I want to do a quick shout out that I just remembered now um, to Anna Meyer Cartography, um, her Kickstarter, uh, her um, Patreon. Um, I started backing when she was doing an island project where she's doing these five unique islands that she's giving the maps to to backers. Um and they are these fantasy maps. But what I didn't realize she was going to do was build settings around them using suggestions from the patrons. And she asked for suggestions. So I submitted the idea of having a brewery that's run by Tengu monks that release that release a special whiskey every 100 years that you have to go through a series of tests to get. And cool. she's using it. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, so, yeah, Adam Myers. Um, Patreon page, uh, Anna Meyer, Anna B. Meyer, I believe it is on Patreon, Anna Meyer Cartography. She um, has like unique insights into cartography that most people do not have because she used to fly jets, like a lot of jets. She did. She, 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 what was it? She told me she burned through a million dollars. Yeah. She was a, <laughs> yeah, a naval or a Air Force for Sweden. Sweden. She was yes, in the Swedish Air Force for like. A few years, a bunch of years. Her, she had a career in, over there. Yeah, she had a yeah. full career. She was also telling me about how she uh, botched a parachute landing and like cracked the back of her head open. <laughs> I didn't I was get to like, hear that one. That sounds awesome. Oh, man. It, it's uh, the last episode she was on. She talked about it. You ever go to Gen Con or any major con, look for Anna Meyer. She goes to all of them and just ask for stories because she has some great ones. Yeah, she's great. 
I love Fed. All right. Um, Michael. She's amazing. Um, wrap us up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, today we talked about the, uh, the virtual reality systems that have been coming out. Some of the games that we've been able to play with, with uh, Mike Myler. You're not prime. You're just, you are the game designer who I like. <laughs> And the your special guest. You tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself. It's gonna make me feel okay. I need to feel okay. Okay. Um unfortunately Prime Special Mikey is a is a gerbil now, and he's being worshipped by a gang of clones. Oh <laughs> This is why I'm not allowed in that room at your house. <laughs> so but no, today we did talk about virtual reality systems like the Vive and the and the PS4 among others. And Mike, you've you've showed some games that I never that I haven't got to play yet that I want to play, and you've talked to me into playing some games I never would have thought of playing. So that'll be good. Uh, but I had a I had a good time talking today about this, and honestly, just listening to you talk about your experiences with it, that actually made my day for for this episode is being able to hear how much you've been enjoying it, and how much you've been diving through it. It makes me so happy. Yeah, this give, is the only part of the future that freaking delivered for us. Yeah, yeah. We have, this is very true. we have special Mikey who's gone to demonstrations and he's experienced VR, and then you have me who's barely touched it, and then Mike Prime, ha ha ha, Mike, <laughs> Mike Prime that has one. Yeah, so it's it's really good. You have the three you you have the three stages. You have the I don't know the oh my gosh the fucking cool, and the other one is now this is where we're gonna get better and see it going. And also, I bought these. <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, it works good. Yeah, I think that was the thing that I finally sold my wife. I was like, Stephanie, this is the only part of the future we were promised as children that is actually delivering. And then when her tears cleared up, and she was like, oh, what have we done with our lives? We can buy the VR. Throw them into the digital world and forget about this place. Yeah. So she's as she's playing, she's playing games on the VR. She's like, I'm not mad about not having flying cars anymore. We didn't we didn't talk about practical use of VR much other than the the Google brush. I do have a medical thingy that I downloaded that's really cool that you can yeah. like walk around in the body and and see organs from the inside and stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. That's that's actually very cool. Yeah. There's like a lot that. of good educational tools on there. Uh, there's museums you can visit, although the ex- exhibits are very limited. The one that I downloaded that's huge that I haven't got to do yet was um uh what's that place in Spain with all the canals? Uh, in Spain? Venice. 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 Italy. Venice, Venice is in Italy. Sorry, yeah, I'm thinking of Venice. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's you like all canals the, I went to Venice. It's a a giant thing of Venice. I don't know how detailed it is, but it was a huge huge download, so it must be pretty considerable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one where you you can go on like do deep sea diving. There's one where you go in a cage and you're supposed to be like on a salvage crew, but all you're doing is observing. And apparently there's like a crashed sub and at one point you almost get eaten by a shark. Huh. Oh, it's beautiful because like you don't. I didn't realize it at first, and I leaned my head out, and then when I leaned my head back, like right as I did, the shark's mouth just like flies into the cage. Nice. Oh, Venice is Venice is photorealistic. Oh, I forgot about the dungeon crawler one. Oh shit, nice. the dungeon crawler one's awesome. And then, uh, oh, the other one you can you're just standing on a coral reef as like whales and other creatures migrate by, and at one point this giant I don't know what they're called like herd pod or whatever of jellyfish come by and if any of them get really close to you you can like boop the little tiny ones out of the way and if the really huge ones come by you can take your your joysticks and you can do 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 like almost like play drums on it and they uh, the top of the jellyfish reacts that's cool 
It's so great. But like when the little ones get close, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You're not squishy. You're not squishy. Get the fuck out. <sighs> but yes, today, so that's the joys of VR, how much we've loved it. And it's been so much fun talking about it. And just listening to Mike Prime, fine, you got me to say it. Da, da, da. Uh, talk about his experiences and everything he's got. I can't wait to have you back again because I you're a very good special guest host that I like having on here, and you are now Mike Prime. Jeez, I will concede. I am Mike Prime. And this hurts, but no. So th- this was th- this was a great time. I'm <laughs> I'm babbling, but I've been your host. <laughs> I've been your host, Special Mikey. Along with me was Super Vegan Brian. Shut the fuck up, Michael. There we go. And Mike Prime. Mike. <laughs> Damn it. Farewell, humans. <laughs> Back to my realities that yeah. are pixelated. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I return your... to the digital reel. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm... <laughs> You're killing me over here, man. <laughs> funny. Oh, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio, and as always, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Awesome. Uh, goodbye, Anthony. Brian, cut him off. <laughs> I missed it. I have to do it now. Say goodbye, Anthony. Brian, come on. Oh, yeah. That's like crack. We're <laughs> 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 <laughs>